This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB Saturday afternoons. We're on until 5.30 today. I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Binkley. How you doing, Binkley? Uh, I'm in a state of emergency. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. What's what's the problem? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> but you just think it's the right thing to do I at just the time. feel it. Needing, needing a headline. You need a couple of headlines going your way. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was what we just talked about for the last hour. If you want to uh, listen to our podcast, Binkley and I do podcasts and also put these WSB shows up without commercials on the prop report, short for the propaganda report, the prop report.com. And there's some good stuff up there right now. Uh, a lot of shows we did on the Parkland shooting story last year at this time lots of those up there we did um i want to touch on that during the show i think uh we did a video podcast with the tinfoil hat guys on uh the latest on the jeffrey epstein and clinton pedophile connections so if you want to see us in action binkley and i you can go see that video which was also up on the com right now but one thing that, and oh, there's an, another thing that's um, episode 117 is what we did about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. People, there's this legacy going around about her. And I just tweeted a headline that said, shock turns to ambition as Ocasio learns she's nominated for Congress. Something crazy like that. Meanwhile, she has a, a a backstory as long as possibly Stacey Abrams of being connected to elite programs and being groomed, being um, getting opportunities that resume building things that I've never. It's up there with Abrams in how unbelievable it is. For example, Binkley, you just pulled out uh, that she did a TED talk in 2010. Yeah, her and her boyfriend both. And the way she's described on the website is very different than the just a girl from the Bronx who slings drinks, uh, how they describe her now. Right, they because describe- that's her That's her story. She yeah. was just a bartender, barista, mm-hmm. and she uh, just went to that, um, to the XL Pipeline objection, protest, what was it? It was some Native American yeah. protest, I forget what it was, where the MAGA hat kids antagonist, Nathan Phillips, mm-hmm. the tribal elder, uh, was also at those protests. I mean, I wondered what those protests were about. Maybe they're incubators or Standing Rock. I secret think. meetings, yeah, where you don't you don't there's no surveillance. I don't know. But anyway, so she she has a long history. She was an intern in Ted Kennedy's office when she was at BU. But what and the idea that she did a TED talk back then, I mean, this is sounds like a chosen one. And, and her boyfriend, boyfriend, too. So here's the crazy thing about the boyfriend. My mom is staying with me for a while, and my sister's here, too. And they were, my mom's from New York, and she said, that, that 
Okay, so you know, she had a boyfriend. She was married. I don't know what I I heard about her. So she made me. She like my mom likes the People magazine version of any story, and I appreciate it. I mean, People is irresistible. So my sister, good daughter that she is, was trying to find a little of the personal on Ocasio, and she really could not find it. And she uses DuckDuckGo, which she insists is uh, much better for the deep research. I don't know. I It was too complicated for me. <laughs> it takes too long. Um, but I'm going to go back to it after her. She said it was great. Uh, but tell me what... Uh, so she couldn't find anything about the boyfriend. So then when I saw just yesterday this typical Ocasio story in the news some idiot says something uh takes a shot at her and she and it backfires or she hits it out of the park so some idiot you know i'm not i'm being facetious i don't even know who the person was but somebody said uh on twitter oh ocasio got her uh boyfriend a job at the white house see he's like on this payroll or on a roll of some kind and it was then she batted back. No, I just gave him access to my calendar. Which she clapped back. That's I've been what married. she does. <laughs> she claps back. Oh, I see. Not snaps back. <laughs> so, I I mean, my husband does not have access to my calendar. I don't have access to his calendar. I mean, why is somebody keeping her calendar? And then you see the guy. I so that was like layer one of whatever this psyop was. And then I see. So it makes her look smart, and the other guy looked dumb. Then I see the guy. Right. He's so I thought he was this speechwriter for Eric Holder. He wrote um, a, a an important uh, piece on Comey, you know, played right into the I, I'm not going to get into the details, but he was one of the guys who wrote the article that was responded to by Benjamin Wittes, who later said, oh, Comey told me everything. So like he was part of that whole weird uh story that was unrolling about Comey, this guy, Riley Roberts. So then, so I was like, oh, wow. So then today I see, oh, it's, that's not her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is another Riley Roberts who looks almost identical to that guy. He's a doppelganger with the same a name. He's almost the same age. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just crazy. And they show a picture of her with this right Riley Roberts, they say they've been going out since college. And the picture definitely does not look like someone's been going out. It, it looked like he, under the picture, it said, uh, volunteer hugs Ocasio at the end of campaign. <laughs> and that's exactly what it looked like. It did not look like anything more than that. I mean. Volunteer? Yeah, I don't, I think he was volunteering for exactly what, I mean, that's what it looked like. So there's something very strange going on with this story. There always is something strange going on with her. Uh, I haven't cracked the code on what the goal is other than to make her always look fast, streetwise, sharp, more than a match for her uh, hateful detractors. She's the youth targeting the youth, and she's in the House of Representatives. Right, but, but I see this guy... Whichever one of these guys is really the guy, maybe the other guy who looks like her handler, who would be her handler. One yeah. of his jobs, he says he, he hires himself out as as core narrative creator for politicians. That's one of his jobs. So I think maybe they ha- they found the doppelganger as a beard for when the real guy is in there whispering in her ear. Because it, And in either case, it looks a little... 
you know, offensive to me to find that this hero of color, heroine of color, if you will, is, uh, you know, has a Svengali possibly who's like the privileged white guy. You know, I just I don't like that. I, I don't know where they're going with that. If that's part of the narrative, if that's part of, you know, if they're Quite setting possibly. me up to say something like that so they can, you know, there's also punch back the presentation of him. And I've seen this more and more. He might be presented as the 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 way that a supportive feminist boyfriend is supposed yeah. to be for. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yes. And then we can all come together on that. That that is you can check the box if you're a supportive feminist that yeah i think you've got you know there's another another layer to the end let's see how far it goes but what but more importantly i do like to talk about policy not personal she ocasio is credited for this new green new deal and what what that is what that very clearly is because it's deliberately over the top is what you introduced us to this expression, I think, a while back, Binkley last year, uh, messaging, a messaging bill. So define a messaging bill. It's going to enter my glossary when my glossary is back in action. What is that? A messaging bill, according to the Indivisible Guide, is, is a bill that's not intended to become law. Most of the bills won't become law, the guide says, since they're not going to pass Senate. But that's not the point. The point is the long game, so they use it because they want to signal what their position is going to be. They want to attempt to get people to sign, to co-sponsor it so they can make it the platform of the party, the Democratic Party, and they want to they want to make that the they want to seed it in people's minds so that in the future they can get closer and closer to actually putting it in law. So it's a propaganda I would, message. I would say I would bring that to an expression. First of all, people don't know the indivisible guide. Indivisible is like the resistance against Trump. Uh, but an expression that we've heard a lot is incrementalism. So Ron Paul uses that. So this would be kind of the target for the incrementalists. It's throwing it out there and then that's the goal. Or if if you have to have an extreme goal, maybe splitting the difference is still extreme, but it's doable once you throw it out there. You move what's called the Overton. Right, exactly. That's exactly what, what, what it is. Okay, with okay. So here's the thing. So the New Green Deal clearly a messaging bill. Then Mitch McConnell, which I think is kind of funny, says, "All right, let's bring it to a vote." That's great. Yeah, which is great. He doesn't bring anything to a vote that he doesn't want to bring to a vote. So. Chuck Schumer goes bananas. And I just, this just cracks me up. So I'm reading from an article quoting Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer on Thursday ripped into Republicans for planning to force a vote on the Green New Deal, calling the plan a stunt, a cheap, cynical ploy, and a game of political gotcha. The Republican leader announced he's going to bring up a resolution he intends to vote against, Schumer said on the Senate floor. Now that is what the American people hate about Congress, the pointless partisan games. So let me get this right. Schumer thinks that McConnell should only bring up resolutions he intends to vote for. Like he should literally use his own voting platform to run that chamber. But in any case, it's hilarious that Schumer is calling them, calling his bluff, a cynical political ploy when that comment proves that the bill was a cynical political ploy. Exactly. (laughs)
I just, you know, you really can't make this stuff up. Like, that's why I thought this article was real. I was like, that would be too much even for the PSYOP generating machine. Can I give you one more line about messaging bills that relates to that? Seconds. It says, uh, a messaging bill is to present an alternative vision for the country to see an alternative to Trump's racist, inhumane, and sexist America. Well, the funny thing is that vision was not too far from Trump's vision that it was supposed to be a response yeah. to, but it was just a pile on to. More after the break, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're back. I'm trying to hit all the stories of significance or interest that caught my eye this week. So we're kind of moving on from topic to topic. Binkley, you sent me this one on... Uh, on Bill Cosby, which kind of blew my mind. And I read it. It was the article you sent me, I believe, or the one I found was for in Vice. And it quotes Bill Cosby as saying, my political beliefs, my actions of trying to humanize all races, genders, and religions landed me in this place surrounded by barbed wire fencing, a room made of steel and iron, Cosby said Wednesday in his first statement since his imprisonment four months ago. So I now have a temporary residence that resembles the quarters of some of the greatest political prisoners, <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Randall Robinson, and Dr. Benjamin Chavis. The Vice article, uh, when I read it, though, leaves out and then they just throw him under the bus how could he you know he's a rapist how could he uh he's not helping himself here compare himself to this but he was and i'll tell you why so i did binkley and i did the wsb show it's episode 111 on the prop report.com that's short for propaganda report the prop report.com episode 111 where I talked about Kavanaugh and Bill Cosby and whose rights were really abused. And it's definitely Bill Cosby. And uh, so here's here's so here's the full statement. So Vice takes that half a statement and throws him under the bus with it. Here's his full statement, though. The first half of the statement was this. I heard about this NBC interview. I think it was with his spokesperson or lawyer or whatever uh, from the residents here. Here's why I have no remorse that was something that was cited in this interview by the lawyer says he had no remorse. I have no remorse and never will have remorse. I was given a deal. I settled out of court for $3.8 million. I waived my fifth amendment rights. I was declared not guilty in 2005 by the Commonwealth and never charged. I missed that. However, a low life district attorney and a corrupt judge needed me guilty now. Not for justice, but for their political aspirations. They say, Mr. Cosby, you must attend these classes. Why? One word, entrapment. I don't know about the classes. But this proved, I think that that out of con- just printing the half a statement showed that he was not getting a, a, a fair hearing. But I urge you to listen to episode 111 on thepropreport.com to get all the ins and outs of his case. But I just, no one's going to read the whole statement, so I thought I'd do that. After the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, and we are 
On until 5.30 today, if you want this podcast or other podcasts, go to thepropreport.com, short for Propaganda Report. And uh, I've been hitting a lot of topics today that are kind of follow-up on previous topics, giving you some episode numbers if you want to catch up on the kind of full-length backstories here. But the next thing I want to talk about, it has, I think we did one, two, three, four, five, six, six podcasts and WSB shows on this. This is the, this week marks the one year anniversary of the uh, events in Parkland. The story is that a former student killed 17 students. Uh, It was in Broward County and I immediately saw some things about the story that made me uncomfortable that I did not like. I did not like Sheriff Israel and Superintendent Runcie coming out within hours of notifying the parents which of their kids were not coming home, laying out agenda after agenda after agenda, offensive to the nth degree from being able to detain people on mental health grounds without any accusation from anyone except for a agent of government to Superintendent Runcie using the opportunity to advocate for uh, raises for teachers. So uh, there were a lot of offensive things that came out of that. Sheriff Israel was being presented as a hero that week, but a small amount of digging showed that that guy had a backstory that did not <laughs> betoken hero. So Binkley and I did some shows on that and were promptly demonetized and I was even my show which I think was a WSB show so WSB allowed it to air but YouTube took it down and would not respond to my objections you're supposed to be able to object to that if you get three strikes you're completely gone I never maybe you did for me a little bit Binkley I don't know but I don't think I ever posted to my channel again after that and uh, I called a few trends that I saw I uh, uh whatever or memes goals, agenda items, really, that I saw emerging that week. I called them, and one of them was I thought I, I could not find any anything but the official narrative when I searched on Google or YouTube or whatever, nothing. Normally, when you're doing your own research prior to that, you could find other accounts, maybe citizen journalism or witness videos it was all gone that day and i said this is the day the internet closed down little did i know that i myself would have was going to be purged completely and binkley got took down too just by being related to me for no apparent reason on wordpress i did a whole show on that that was episode 109 i they really set me and thousands at least of other people back uh, Parkland did that. There's there's a lot of things that came out of it. Uh, and then a week later, the yeah. the story you were talking about with Sheriff Israel started to become mainstream news, and all oh. of a sudden, it was okay to talk about it. And they were saying uh, what other people were saying was just uh, nasty and offensive. I wasn't saying that. I was laying out facts, and I was accused. The reason I was given is that I was bullying. So I was bullying an elected official who was advocating for gun control and a complete uh, removal of rights. But there's one thing that you've been following more than I have, but I identified it the day. So Superintendent Runcie came out and gave a speech and basically laid out the agenda items within hours of this happening. It was not believable. Even somebody who was that far removed from it that happened in his school, he should have been 
visibly shaken. Instead, he was laying out a policy position. But one of the things that that I he said something I identified right off the bat, which was, I can tell you this, something like this. He said, this is the generation. If we don't do something about this, they will. The young people will. That's what he said within hours of this happening. And we all know what was launched from then on. Right, Binkley? Yeah. Take it away. David Hogg and the young exactly. people. <laughs> the hogster. And then, and all the other stuff. I mean, do you, can you just rattle off a few things that that, that whole youth movement did over the past year? They went on a, a tour signing up as many young people to vote, registering and getting people, getting them to vote for who they tell them to vote for as possible. It was a nationwide tour where they used this, these fear appeals and this, these revolutionary appeals of the young people will now lead, which strangely enough, Stacey Abrams also filled this role back in 1993, echoing almost the exact same type of talking points that David Hogg echoed last year. Yes, that was an interesting clip. Maybe we'll get to that, but I want to get to the, um, take off some of the content too. Uh, now they're talking about lowering the, the voting age to 17. Yeah, let's get it down to one. I I mean, the way the debt is going, it's really, in all fairness, it should be pre-utero because we are indebting future generations. With, they, it is taxation without representation, period. When people are complaining about folks coming over the border, it's like, you know what? They're signing up for more than they're probably bargaining for. Yeah, absolutely. And I would argue that the level of thinking that a lot of voters are doing at this point because of the propaganda does not exceed the level of thinking that a toddler does. Yeah. Well, it's like when I was in Peru and it was the ballots were designed for illiterate people. And there was one of the things was vote for the pencil. It was like a picture of a tree, a picture of a pencil and they had boxes next to it. And clearly the party that picked the pencil had a great advantage because somebody's in there who can't read and they're like, I have a pencil. There's a pencil. There you you know, that's literally the level. And I don't know about Peru, but I believe I knew someone from Brazil who said that voting was mandatory. They give you a day off like it's. Yeah. So that's what, what they want to do here. That then if you're not really taking an interest, I mean, but the bottom line is regardless of voting, I don't believe in mob rule. I believe in objective rights. I believe in the rights and protections that are in the Bill of Rights and no voting is necessary. You're really just voting for administrators who are supposed to stick to those laws, but they don't. And they use numbers on the on the roster to say we have carte blanche to to rule you. And they really don't. And one of the some of the stuff that came out of this Parkland thing directly uh, uh, attacks our rights. One thing that I saw come up uh, a couple of times after that was the alleged perpetrator uh, people said, I read a couple of articles saying he doesn't, he's, what he did was so bad, he doesn't deserve a public defender, <laughs> right? As if a public defender is an entitlement, isn't like a welfare thing, but it's not, it's, 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 it may be the only thing that is like an entitlement in the constitution, but it's of, it's a protection from government. It's a protection, not an entitlement from the government setting you up, which may have happened in this case. There is a lot of funny business in the backstory of this case from Sheriff Israel's involvement there. Uh, was it, He was a coach at that school, if I recall correctly. His kids went there. Um, and that stuff, the only reason I even found it suspicious is that it was not discussed in the media. Nobody ever asked him questions about that. Did you know, did your kids know this guy? That was weird. 
Yeah, and everything about reason. Sheriff Israel was very odd, and you called it right away. Oh, yeah, because I, I looked into, he had been to, like, these national training camps for police leaders. It was very weird. But a couple of other weird things that happened were that within a couple of months after that and a month before that, three uh, active duty, it looks like, deputies in the sheriff's department died without much explanation and without much media coverage. One, uh, the month before, Michael Ryan looks like he was just, uh, they said he was, was died of a heart attack, but it appeared that that a former inmate shivved him in the parking lot. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Look up Michael Ryan, Broward County deputy, uh, death. And then two other young guys died, Marshall Peterson and uh, Jason Fitzsimons. And they really it did not get the kind of national news that you, when people, I mean, that guy, the Michael Ryan story seemed like a line of duty kind of thing. Anyway, so... I just when I when the media doesn't cover stuff the way I would expect them to, I wonder if there's more to the stories, and I just don't know. And it's very upsetting to me. And I I don't bring it up to cause trouble. I just bring it up to just give these guys some some uh, uh, credit, like so many other people get the credit nonstop. Why are these guys not being? Um, honored so because like I just, you said it would cause trouble well i don't know that i don't know that i have no idea but why don't i know why can't i find any information about these people they should be uh celebrated for their service or whatever you know let it let let's hear about it and we're not and i always think that's weird around something that's like a major major story why are we not hearing some of these interesting details they're just interesting anyway i hate to go to those places because it's dark um so, yeah, it was the end of the internet. I noticed that. And they also talked a lot about mental health issues. And I got, really got a great um, hat tip or tip from a guy, from a tweet. The name is Pliskin. I've mentioned this before about a psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Zaz, S-Z-A-S-Z, a libertarian, who cautions us against mental health as a diagnosis. Generally, he says that that is it's too easy to apply a mental health issue to anybody on Earth. It's not objective. I'm not sure how much I am qualified to evaluate his opinions on that, but I am qualified to evaluate this. And he's absolutely right. You cannot use mental health as an excuse to take away somebody's liberties or rights without a jury trial or yeah. whatever. I don't know if he recommends that, but he says these are rights that you cannot lose because somebody in the government says that you're not worthy of them. That is a right reserved to your peers. And I do not see, I agree with him, and I, I take it one step further and say, why do people accused of violent crimes, this this kid who's who uh, supposedly did the shooting, why does he get... He should have rights. He should have defense against the government. He should have protections. He should, you, you cannot, shouldn't just believe media reports or uh, government agents when they say he's the guy who did it. But when you're accused of mental health issues, why do you not have the same rights as people who are accused of extremely violent, heinous crimes? You should. They should not take your guns away or without a jury of your peers. And, uh, and I even, am I, uh, I frown on plea bargains for that reason. I just feel like the moral hazard of being able to take people's rights away without 
due process, real true due process is is the gravest danger right now in our society. And they can use that mental health claim to lock people up indefinitely. In and, you, and you get Ezra Pound. I still wonder if he was locked up because he was crazy or because he objected to the Fed. Like, look that up. He commissioned um, Eustace Mullins to write the kind of predecessor to G. Edward Griffin's The Creature from Jekyll Island. And they put him in the insane asylum. He's quite an excellent uh, poet and writer, Ezra Pound. Anyway, so... Yeah, the rabbit hole is deep on this stuff, but I'm just trying to alert people to, you know, do your own research. Don't believe anything. And you know what? You don't even have to know the answers. All you have to remember is don't let them take your rights away. Don't let them take Bill Cosby's rights away because you don't like what they're saying he did. And even what he says he did is disgusting. So, but don't you, this is the bottom line. You don't need to believe in news. You just need to know (laughs) your rights. So, uh... Let us let's take a quick break and and then I'm going to tell you how this all leads to what I saw at the Grammys this year. Uh, 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Perez. Uh, let me get to a quick call. I'm going to James in Atlanta. James, you're on with Monica. James, you're on with Monica. Hello? Hey, James, you're on with Monica. Hey. You're on the air. Hey, Monica, how you doing? Good. I was, didn't realize the commercial was over, so I'm a little... Just threw that at you. Uh, yeah, well, I just wanted to say that uh, it's uh, innocent until proven guilty is just... Uh, it's, it's, it's not true. It's never been true in the United States. It's always been guilty until proven innocent. You know, I mean, you're always you're always guilty. The, the 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 criminal justice system is not your friend. Neither is the government. They, you know, the DEA is with the CCA, and they and they want a lot. You know, the, these judges have stocks and bonds and uh in 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 prison stocks. And, oh, um, yeah, there was a, cr- a criminal reform bill that nobody talks about, got passed, Trump signed it, this First Step Act. It has a lot of money allocated to this company. I always forget the name of it. It uses yeah. prison labor at like a penny an hour. It's riddled yeah. with corruption. It drives competitors out of business, and nobody talks about that stuff. That The prison industrial complex is corrupt to the core. Yeah. Yeah, and all these and all these and, and all these states are already implementing this mental health thing with gun with guns. I think a lot of like you know you got places like California, Oregon, Washington State. I can say that you have a. I can report to the police that I think you uh, something is mentally wrong with you. They don't even do. They don't take you to court. They can come to your house and take your guns away from you because I said that I think that you have mental issues. I can and- report you. And that's just the first step. I think the guns is a first step. And that, like what this Thomas Az says, it's a it's going to be just a universal uh, control mechanism, even to the point where they're taking away the privilege between psychiatrist and patient. It's really, it is something to watch out for. Let's uh, wrap it up after the break. We're on till 5.30. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.